the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. And now, here's your host, Nick Phillips. Welcome to another edition of The Advocate. I'm your host, Nick Phillips, and I'm here with... Co-host Kathy Lux. Hi, everybody. Hi, Kathy. Thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, The topic for today is to talk about healthcare as usual because that's the only thing that money can't buy sometimes, our good health. We're always looking for good health. And uh, after about two and a half years of COVID stuff, mm. we've learned a lot of things. We've learned a lot of things such as virtual health and telemedicine and those kinds of things. Yes. Back with us returning is Chris Phillips. Chris, thank you for joining us. Hi, Chris. Oh, it's a pleasure to join you. Yeah, a lot of great stuff happening behind the scenes. I, but but I before really but to... before that, tell us, what's your background? Why should we listen to you? People who yeah, haven't heard you before need to know that. Well, I'm a returning guest. and well, uh, That I'm alone, becoming, yes, of course. Yeah, I think I'm becoming a little health correspondent here for you. Um, I've been a healthcare executive for over 25 years. I'm a nurse. I'm certified in um, kind of system healthcare quality and case management. Um, I've developed a large population health uh, programs across the country. So right now I work for a very large health system as director of operations of um, that we represent almost 5 million patients. So um, I got a front row seat to healthcare, and yes, we are coming out of the COVID, uh, the acute phases of COVID, into I think a lot of really bright and beautiful places um, in healthcare. And I wanted to tell your listeners about it. Well, I know we learned a lot on how to make do with the circumstances of having uh, early on a mysterious disease that was killing a lot of people, and I know everyone was quite uh, panicky about it. Uh, and we made some drastic changes. What were those changes, and, and how many of those changes are being uh, continued now that seems to be in the past, to some degree? Well, like I, yeah, like I said, I've been in healthcare for over 25 years on all levels, you know, home care, nursing homes, hospital systems, all that. And, um, boy, there's, there's no doubt that the last three years of COVID has been a major game changer. And for health systems, in many ways, it's been a good change. It really forced, I think, both from the public and the healthcare executive level, um, some much needed changes and some streamlines. You know, leading up to COVID, for instance, uh, most of us were developing um, virtual visits and different patient apps, but they really weren't being used or taken seriously by either uh, the doctors or the patients, you know, or the caregivers. Um, it, it just wasn't very serious. And, um, you know, COVID was such a uh, a, a huge um, emergency break being thrown on meeting people in person, uh, even patients to doctors, because of the risk of this, you know, like you said, this unknown disease that was just taking so many people down and out with seeming no end to it, um, that we had, all of us, had to pivot to more virtual health. And that also included the insurance companies. Up until COVID, insurance companies, um, they had, you know, very... Um, 
very scant reimbursement for virtual health. They really weren't big believers in it. Uh, but once again, out of necessity, we all pivoted together as a society hard into virtual health and really expanded upon it. And I, I've just had so many really great cases of people of all ages who are getting really top-notch virtual health now. And um, I think... You know, I, I think the genie's out of the bottle, and I think your listeners really need to um, really tune into this um, coming out mm-hmm, of COVID. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to take a short break. We're talking to Chris Phillips, our very own uh, health news and health correspondent. And we're going to be back after these words. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on WHK along with... Kevin Flux, yeah, stay right. with us. We'll be right back. Don't go away. And now, back to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. Welcome back to another segment of The Advocate with Nick Phillips and Kathy Lux. Kathy Lux. And we're talking to Chris Phillips about healthcare and, and how it's changed and, um, and what made the changes would be the need due to COVID. But um, the changes that we have experienced and are experiencing, are they for the good? And what good changes are there, Chris? Oh, yeah, there's so many to speak of. Um, Well, you know, I really wanted to go down this road of virtual health today because I think a lot of people don't understand it. And especially as it's evolved to really be a very robust uh, support system for patients of all types. And not just, you know, sometimes when we hear this, we think of maybe just, you know, elderly people who are homebound. But this is really good for any age. You know, if you're a parent of little kids and you're tired of trying to run to the pediatrician every time, you know, you get a, a health alert from daycare or from school, um, or even if you're a healthy millennial or next gen, you know, sooner or later, you're going to need um you know, some really good health care. Oh, of course. Well, what is the industry definition of virtual health for us who aren't in the industry? Oh, that's a really good question. Yeah. So virtual health has practically only been around really like in the last five or six years. So COVID is about three years old now. So about six years ago, um, you kind of take the general app on your smartphone, right? Whether it's the Starbucks app or the Target app, whatever app you're using, and you really um, develop that specifically for healthcare with the ultimate goal that a patient could meet uh, face-to-face over their smartphone, on a camera, with a mic, or over their laptop or iPad, um, with their doctor, you know, through a link and, and through an app. This could all be done through an app. The other goal of virtual health along with that was to create uh, patient apps on their phone where they could functionally communicate directly to their doctor through app messages. There's, you know, a special challenge in healthcare because of HIPAA, which is security. Uh, you know, we, we certainly have to add a new level of encryption and security. We just can't use regular email and regular cell phone calls or FaceTime uh, because very sensitive issues are being discussed. So it was, you know, the vision just with everything, you know, five, six years ago, let's build an app. So we, we started building these apps and these health systems that could do that, but we really couldn't get either the doctors, the patients, or the health insurers to take it serious, to really invest in it. Everyone was still just way too used to making an appointment, calling the office, <laughs> waiting a week or two to see their doctor, see them face-to-face, you know, spend a couple hours in the waiting room sometimes. Um, but once again, COVID forced us into this tech platform. And and um, coming as the smoke is cleared, it, it's really evolved into something very beautiful and helpful for people of all ages. And I just want to encourage your listeners, even if you're healthy and you don't feel like you need a doctor now, mm-hmm. it's really worth it to get vested 
in a really good primary care provider, one who uses this type of technology. And, and I can talk later about best practices. But when you do need healthcare, you're going to want this type of app on your phone, and you're going to want to be able to access not only your primary care, but really just about any type of specialist or even mental health specialist now can be accessed through virtual health. Wow. Now, Kathy so, has so a question. Chris, I, do, I actually have a couple questions. Oh. Um, so to begin with, tell us the, a little bit about the mechanics of this. My question is, if you don't, let's say you don't have a primary caregiver that participates in this, um, or you just don't have a primary caregiver, are you able to find one and secure one online in this um, virtual yeah. system? Yes, you can. You can go through, you know, the, the big companies out there like ZocDoc, Teladoc, um, they've really been built around being able to pick up patients just like you said. They have no primary care provider at all. It's just kind of a one and done. Um, but the effect is very limited. You know, there's only so much you can do just over a phone and camera. So they will do their best. Um, you know, they won't be able to handle all of your healthcare questions, but, you know, they'll be able to to do a fairly good visit, they may even be able to follow you as your primary care doctor just through telehealth. Mm -hmm. But none of us would really suggest that. You know, it's a long-term plan. The best combination is even if you just have a local doctor that you can do your annual wellness visit with in person. Now, remember, most health plans pay for your annual wellness visit. That's usually a 45-minute visit. Your doctor's prepared to spend that long with you really do a deep dive, take your vitals, kind of get a baseline for the year. Once that is done, then throughout the year, if you have problems or illnesses or sickness, they have that, that base of reference from seeing you once a year for 45 minutes where they can have a very effective virtual visit. Quick, a quick question with that 45-minute visit. Uh, in medical care times, especially wellness visits, 45 minutes is a long time. Is the doctor expected to actually physically remember you, or do they have to take notes for all of this, or cryptic notes? How, how is yeah. Because I know some of these doctors, how many hundreds or thousands of patients do they cover? Yeah, yeah. A lot of primary care doctors carry some sort of panel of between 1,000, 2,000 patients each, so it is a lot. But electronic medical records have become really fantastic. You know, they're very comprehensive. They include your photo. Um, and the providers, most of the doctors can access those on their smartphones too, meaning if you, you know, if they're on call and you call them um, with an urgent issue after hours from their smartphone, they can be pulling your records up and looking at it. I'm always, I'm always pleasantly surprised when I'm talking to doctors after hours with our nurse line and I'll mention, hey, you know, John Smith called. I don't know if you know him. And most of them do. Like, oh, yeah, I know him. Yep, he's got this. He's got that. Um, you know, I think doctors um, really, it must be in their training where most of them really can hold all that information in their head. Um, but the new technology also helps them to recall and draw mm -hmm. on the chart from any time, any place. So, so Chris, you know, uh, speaking just to my own experience, um, if I have a flu bug, if I have a sinus infection, um, and I call my physician, I can't get an appointment for two weeks. Right. And I think that's typical. Would you say 
and yes in, in, okay which in two weeks you know uh that's too long to have a, to to be seen for something like a sinus infection um with a teledoc or a virtual um medicine what is the timeline in terms of once you try and contact someone to when you're actually able to speak to a health professional and get the care that you need? Yeah, so um, most um, most teledoc platforms will either see you immediately or at least within the same day. That's kind of what they're shooting for, and they, they generally do it. And you may be in a virtual waiting room, like during surges, like right after holidays when there's a surge. You may be in a virtual waiting room for an hour or two, but I tell my patients, hey, it's better to be sitting at home on your phone for an hour or right. two um, than it is, you know, in an urgent care location with a lot of coughing, sneezing people. Um, so, yeah, that is their goal. And, you know, before COVID, um, they used to not really touch a lot of infectious diseases over virtual visits, but COVID really made us all expand as clinicians. So even during a phone call, even though I can't listen to your lungs or take a culture to know if you have RSV or COVID or whatever, I'm listening to your voice. I'm having you deep breathe. I'm, you know, I'm asking you if you have an obvious fever, which is over 100.4, which most people don't. I mean, they may feel a little chilly. I can ask enough questions to know whether you're going to need an antibiotic um, or if you're going to need additional testing or if you should give this another two or three days. So that's been very helpful. Another big breakthrough, and women will be really glad to hear this. It used to be for years that um, virtual doctors would not start treating urinary tract infections until you were seen. So if you had these very painful urinary symptoms as a woman, and you know, you know, this is my urinary tract infection I usually get like once a year, they would say, well, you know, get an appointment in three days, and we'll put you in antibiotics. That has totally flipped now. Um, women with the very beginning of urinary tract infection symptoms will call a virtual doc or call in, get started on antibiotics immediately, and then follow up in two or three days if they're not better. And what, what's so significant about this is for older women, urinary tract infections can quickly lead to sepsis and death. It's a serious issue. So we were, that's just one example about how over the phone things have switched to where we can just really help older women out so quickly with urinary tract infections. There's many symptoms like that that we now can just get a jump on through virtual health that we didn't do three years ago. That's excellent. That really is. That is a breakthrough. And one thing that occurs to me, and, and you tell me your take on this, please. Um, you know, for, for I can't tell you over the years uh, how many of my family members, um, especially my parents, um, would complain that when they'd see their doctor, their doctor didn't listen to them. Their doctor would do the yeah. physical exam. They would decide and they really didn't want to hear too much from, from the patient. I would think when it's virtual, there is more listening. They, they need to listen. You're being heard more. Would you say that's true? You know, I never thought of that, but you're exactly right. The stakes are higher. Um, they're really focused on trying to draw not only what the patient's saying, but how they're saying it, what uh, nonverbals are coming out, patterns in breathing, patterns in cognition, focus, and all mm -hmm, that. I, mm -hmm. I totally agree with you. Yeah. Well, let, let's take a short break. We're talking to Chris Phillips about virtual healthcare and how that's starting to take over what we experience in getting our doctor's visits in. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back for our final segment with Kathy Lux and Chris Phillips, so don't go away. 
We'll be right back. And now, back to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. Welcome back to The Advocate. This is Nick Phillips, our final segment for today uh, with Kathy Lux and Chris Phillips. We're talking about virtual health care. And uh, Kathy, you were talking to Chris about how with virtual health care, the doctors might actually be listening a little more carefully to the patient. I, I, I would think they have to because that's that's what they have to go on what, rather than an actual physical exam. Uh, they've got to talk and listen to that patient. Well, as a lawyer, medical malpractice comes about sometimes when doctors don't listen uh-huh. and they miss important things that the patient's talking about. Uh, and there's always a risk in doing something virtually that they're still going to be missing something. So my question to Chris is this. Uh, are these calls recorded and never called back upon to find out what actually the conversations were between the patient and doctor? Oh, yeah. Any platform with, with its worth um, has to really have some very robust uh, quality assurance. So part of that would be recordings. Uh, other, uh, in addition, peer review. Both our virtual clinic, with, which is run by doctors, nurse practitioners, and our nurse care advice line, um, there's recordings, and then there are QI nurses and QI doctors who are sampling, going through those, checking off the sheet. Um, you know, uh, the American Telemedicine Association and American Medical Association has really also blossomed in this area as leading organizations to set national standards for telehealth. Um, so they listen to these recordings, they score them, they profile both nurses and doctors who are involved in it. They also look at the metrics, you know, such metrics as, um, you know, if there's any controlled substances being prescribed, what those are, how often those are, how often antibiotics are being prescribed over the phone, uh, whether they're warranted or not. And then, of course, if there's any complaints, um, if there are any patient complaints mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, or concerns, we go back into those recordings right away and we profile uh, doctors and nurses on that. You know, in, in the um, you know recent months, there there are some healthcare providers that are answering email questions, uh, but they're they're charging their patients for answering an email question. Is that something we're going to see more of in twenty three and twenty four? Yeah, for sure. That's called concierge medicine, and there is a schism um, growing in healthcare where um, you know the the traditional doctor who is using health insurance or allowing patients to use health insurance, you know, that the general complaint is that they have to do more and more volume and they have to um, somewhat obey the cookbook of the health insurer. And that can be very frustrating for everyone. High volume, you know, maybe a lack of individual care perceived perception there. So um, doctors have definitely been migrating more and more to what we call concierge medicine. It's almost like being in a private club where, you know, you may pay anywhere from $50 a month membership privately to that doctor all the way up to 1000 or 1500 a month to that doctor. Um, for that, they will uh, directly answer your emails. They may even give you their direct cell phone for that, for that price. They may or may not bill your insurance. Um, so there's, that's definitely concierge medicine is growing in that area. But let me say this. For your your common patient who doesn't have the money for concierge med, do look for and utilize the patient portal. Most doctors, even if you're just using your your regular vanilla primary care provider, they should have an app 
and a patient portal where you can message your doctor. A lot of patients don't realize that goes right into the medical chart as a question. That, that, that pops up in the chart during the chart review as a flag. The doctor has to answer that back to you. So take advantage of that. That's almost like a free patient portal, and that ends up in your chart, which is super helpful. So, Chris, take me through this here briefly, uh, and I hope I'm not repeating myself. But so, let's say I I don't have a uh, primary care physician. I have a sinus infection and maybe a UTI. Uh, where do I start? Who do I? Contact? Yeah, I. Yeah, I would still, you know, I would still start with a medical system near you. Look at their website, see if they offer virtual visits, you know, whether it's Metro Health, Cleveland Clinic, Southwest General. Um, I would still, you know, use one of those major platforms near you rather than some large, you know, Teladoc or ZocDoc or something like that, because you, they will still pick up brand new patients for what we call one and done. You know, they'll treat you one and done. The advantage of that, you'll then have a chart locally. You'll, you'll have a chart with either the Cleveland Clinic or um, those health systems I mentioned, then you can begin maybe an in-person primary care search and your chart will always be integrated. You'll be building a, a, a chart that, that everyone can access locally. Well, very good. So we're, can... we're, gonna, we're out of time, unfortunately. Great information, but, Chris. Thank Chris, you. Thank you, so, thank you so very much. And we'll be uh, all learning how to become masters at virtual medicine. So thank you for joining us, Chris. Absolutely. Anytime. Thank you. And thank you for listening today. We'll be back next week, same time, same station. So between now and have a great, healthy, and safe week. And take care, everybody. In a dream or in my drifting days after the war. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.